Well, I'm going to go back to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We're talking about triumphing today over disease. We're in the year of triumph, and guess what? The world nor the devil gets to tell us what kind of year it is. We get to define what the Word of God says and in terms of how we apply it to our lives, and we choose to believe what the Word of God says about us. It's a triumphant year. And the Scripture says, Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. So we can believe today that we are called to triumph or we can believe what the world says. And I believe you're going to see the Lord moving powerfully in this situation in the next several weeks. You put your faith in agreement with us over that. Because I believe there's a special anointing on God's people, and that would mean you today, this year to triumph over disease, but not just disease, the effects that that disease is causing. COVID-19 does not reveal God's will. People are confused about this being God's will and God's instrument. The reality is God's will is healing. Every time you hear somebody contradict the word of God with their theology or their philosophy or what the world or media says, you just shoot right back and you say God's will is healing. You know, if you search the scriptures from Matthew to John, you won't find a single time where Jesus afflicted anyone, and you won't find a single time where he sent them away, saying, I'm sorry, I don't do that anymore. I was going to do a few miracles to prove my divinity, and that's it, you're on your own. No, it is his will to heal. He's not trying to teach a lesson. He's not pouring out his wrath. You know, in every crisis, it seems, in this nation, there's always an armchair theologian who begins to decide what God is and what God is not doing. We don't have to listen to what the media says or what Facebook says or what some YouTube channel says. We know what the Word of God says. And we know that He forgives all of our sins and He heals all of our diseases. You know what that tells me, church? It tells me He's always in a forgiving mood. He's always in a healing mood. And I want to emphasize that part of it today. If you were like me years ago, you uh, watched a show called Entertainment Tonight. Back then, uh, John Tesh was one of the anchors of that show. He's a virtuoso on the piano. He sold 8 million records, and he's done a lot of television and radio as well. About three, four, five years ago, he contracted a disease, a very uh, rare and uh, aggressive form of prostate cancer. And at that time, he didn't know what God was up to. He wasn't sure who was to blame and how this thing was going to end. But this is what he said in his memoir recently. He said, if I stood with Connie and we stood on faith and we stood on the scriptures, that could get me healed. Then that's where God wanted me to be. Now listen to this. He said, I was angry at God at the beginning because I thought that maybe God had put this sickness on me to either teach me a lesson or for me to have a ministry but there's nowhere in the New Covenant in the Bible that says God wants, any, wants you to be anything but well. Hallelujah. And we know that from the Scripture because the Bible says He sent forth His Word and He healed them. I believe He's doing that today. There not, may not be a household here in this church or anywhere else in our region throughout the country, maybe even the world today. But the Spirit of God is not limited by time or space or distance. So if you're needing something today in your body, you say to yourself, God's will is healing. He's teaching me that he's faithful. He's teaching me that his word is true. He's teaching me that, he can, that I can count on what his word actually says. I want you to understand today, disease is a thief that takes a lot more than just the health of a person. I want you to know that giving 
is something that gives much more than health in terms of what God does. And healing is so much more than just the restoration of the physical healing. In other words, you're a very complicated person. Turn to somebody and tell them, I always knew that about you. You are complicated. Yes, you are. You're multidimensional. In other words, this thing just doesn't affect people physically. It affects every area of their life. Sickness and its traveling companions are under the curse, though. Deuteronomy 28, you and I have been redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3:14. Why put up with something that's under the curse? And I want to remind you today that COVID-19 is where? It's under the curse. And you've been redeemed from it. Not just from the sickness itself, but everything that COVID-19 would cause in your life or in your nation. You know, with God and his word, you're going to triumph over every disease and all of the consequences. Now, I pointed out to you that disease is a thief. It affects different people differently in terms of the greatest impact. But I want you to know some of the negative ways it does impact people's lives. First of all, disease steals time trying to get healed, effort, days, weeks, months, sometimes even years. It steals, number two, your peace and your joy. Anxiety moves in, trouble moves in where peace used to reside. It steals health. It diminishes your ability to function. It steals life, particularly with quality and also in the termination you know, of that life through early death. It steals money. I mean, look what's going on right now around the nation, the effect on the economy alone. Some people say, well, I don't care about that. Well, I want you to know, regardless of what people care about or what they don't care about, your God cares about it. Everything listed in his covenant with you, he cares about that aspect of your life. The Bible's very plain that it steals relationships. Look at the isolation that's going on. Look at the frustration that's going on. It steals purpose, why we're here, our destiny, what God has actually called us to be and to do. So at the outset today, I just want to encourage you with three general keys for triumphing over disease. And then we're going to look at the third one in a lot of detail. First of all, use your wisdom. Use your renewed mind and be led by the Holy Ghost. He'll lead you into the right decisions how to handle these things. Yes, take what's being told to you and be mandated by you. There, there's wisdom there, but there's also wisdom that you have available to you that the world simply doesn't have. That's why I'm so glad that we have a vice president that prays with his task force every single day. That's why I appreciate a president who's letting the Lord use him and speak to him through prophets and the Word of God, surrounding himself with prayer. We can't beat this thing on our own, but we know one who beats everything and he has a perfect track record when it comes to winning and when it comes to defeating the enemy. Number two, use medicine, use health care, use what's available. What I say is throw everything but the kitchen sink at that situation and if you've tried everything else, throw the kitchen sink at it as well. Use everything at your disposal because it's been given by God anyway. And then number three, use faith, which comes by hearing. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the faith to triumph over every kind of disease. You know, there's a scripture in Luke chapter 17 about these 10 men who were stricken with a disease known as leprosy. I'm going to read this for you from Luke 17, verse 11, if you want to turn there and then follow along. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, now there's that social distancing church, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. What an amazing word. 
And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You know, several things that jump out at me in this scripture. First of all, the Bible says that Jesus saw them. He was aware of them. He cares about you as he cared about them. He also points out that when one of them saw that he was healed, this was not a goosebump or some internal thing. He could plainly see that he was healed, that he was restored. So we know something powerful is going on here. But we also know that ten got, got healed, but one got more. In other words, one got more than just the physical healing. All these consequences in his life were attended to as well because of how he responded. What the disease of leprosy took from them, took from them it's, a, it's unbelievable what leprosy took from them. First of all, I want you to understand what leprosy is. It's a disease called Hansen's disease, and it's an infectious disease that causes severe disfiguring, skin sores, and nerve damage in the arms and legs and skin areas of the body. In other words, basically nothing is off limits and when you see sometimes pictures of old, you know, leprosy and colonies, you'll find that people are missing fingers, arms, toes, even feet. Why? Because they couldn't feel when the rats were actually eating away at their body parts. And so they were severely disfigured. But interestingly enough, listen to this. How is Hansen's spread? According to experts, leprosy is transmitted via droplets from the nose and mouth. Let me say that again. It's spread through droplets from the nose and the mouth during close and frequent contact with others. Sound familiar? Leprosy is spread through the mouth. COVID-19 is spread through the mouth. Fear is spread through the mouth. But guess what, church? So is faith spread through the mouth. And that's what we want to spread today is spread some faith. Turn to your loved one or those that are with you. Say it to yourself if you're watching by yourself. I'm going to spread faith today in Jesus' name. That's what I'm going to use with my mouth. Hallelujah. Well, we know the diseases took, the disease took their time. They were consumed by their circumstances. That was the sum total of the use of their time. We know the disease took their peace and joy. In its place came fear and anxiety and uncertainty, together with societal rejection and isolation and ostracization. Scripture tells us the disease took their health, their function, their strength, their body parts. You see, untreated leprosy can cause progressive and permanent damage to the skin, the nerves, the limb, and the eyes, and ultimately because of the corresponding lifestyle that goes with it, they don't live the full life. Disease took their life, literally early death, liberty, and identity. We're sensing that right now as a people. Our, our liberties are being restricted. You know, nobody likes that, but that's what they lived like. That was their life 24 hours a day. Scripture says that basically they, the disease took their money. They had no ability to make a living. They couldn't work with other people. They were cast out in society. Scripture also indicates that 
The disease took their relationships. They were distant from family, from friends, from the worship system. You and I right now are not able to get together, and we all sense the disappointment and even the need. If you never believed you needed the body of Christ, you're probably getting a revelation right now that you actually need to be here. We need to assemble together. And while thank God for the technology, it's no substitute to be able to worship together, be involved in a corporate anointing, have people encourage you, have people that you can encourage, sit under the word word of God and respond to it by faith. I think one thing that all of us are going to have after this is a great appreciation for the local church and all the things that we take for granted. It's going to be wonderful just to sit down with a cup of coffee with a friend or your family or have a meal out. We take these things for granted, but most of all, maybe we take for granted the ability to come together and worship corporately. These lepers just couldn't do that and they never got to do it. Not for maybe a few weeks or whatever this thing ends up being, but that's the way their lifestyle was. This disease took everything. Their time, their peace, their joy, their health, their life, their money, their relationships, and also it took their purpose. Their purpose now, just survive. Their purpose now, make it through another day. That's no way to live. And child of God, that's not the way God has called you to live. But a lot of people do that, with or without COVID-19. That's how they function. So I just wanted to come alongside of you today and give you pastor's prescription, hallelujah, a prescription for triumphing over disease and all the consequences that come with it. You may not personally have the disease right now. You may be free and clear, and thank God in this county we haven't seen a lot of it, but you're still being affected by the disease in terms of economy, in terms of liberty, in terms of isolation, in terms of what you can and cannot do. Everyone is affected in different ways. We want to know what the power of faith will do. In other words, if we believe what the Word of God says, about our ability through Christ and his word to triumph over sickness, how do we actually apply that? What do we need to do? Well, it's right there also in this scripture. And write these down and meditate on these and just encourage yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith today. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, pray in English and get a hold of what the word of God says. Take some time to fill your heart and your ears and your mouth with the word of God. First of all, the Bible tells us that faith speaks. That's what you see in this scripture. Even though they were, you know, outcasts and they were distanced from anyone else, they still had a mouth and they cried out to the Lord. Why? You need to believe enough to speak up. You need to believe enough to cry out. You need to believe enough to confess the word. You need to believe enough to implore the Lord and petition the Lord and stay faithful in that petitioning. You know, whether it's leprosy or COVID-19 or fear or faith, they're all spread the same way with that mouth. So this is not a time to get lazy with our words. The Bible tells us the power of life and death is in the time we need to exercise that authority and that wisdom like never before because faith speaks. Well, it certainly caught his attention. Number two, faith obeys. We need to believe enough to do what we're told to do. The miracles in the command. He gave them one simple instruction. Go show yourselves to the priest. That wasn't rocket science. That wasn't beyond them. They still had mobility. They still had the ability to walk. 
And the Bible tells us through many, many stories and examples that uh, there is a, often a command or a dictate or a directive. When people kept that, they had great breakthrough. Faith speaks, but it also obeys. I sense right now in many of our lives that we should be looking for that command from God. We should be looking for what is that thing he wants us to do. He wanted them to go show themselves to the priest. What is he telling us to do? Is it a phone call? You know, is it buying some groceries? Is it reaching out to somebody you haven't seen in a while or heard from in a while? Be sensitive in your heart. Have sensitivity of spirit to actually ask him, what should I be doing during this season? And believe that that's going to cause not only breakthrough in that person's life, it's going to cause breakthrough in your life as well. So faith speaks, but faith also obeys. They went, of course, and they had great breakthrough. Number three, faith takes. We've got to lose the idea that somehow if we're, you know, we win the lottery or, or we're really lucky, then God's going to bestow some kind of power on us and we're going to receive something from him. No, faith doesn't sit back and wait for anything. Faith, as Greek actually means, takes. It takes it. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's what we want to be. We need to believe enough to take what Jesus is offering. And what happened here is they took it by force. They received it. They believed enough to receive by taking what God had for them. You know, that's the mentality you need to have. Maybe you're watching the devil just rip you off left and right and disease or something else is a thief in your household. It's time to take it back. The Bible says when a thief is caught, he has to repay sevenfold. If you, maybe you feel today like, like Job, I'm just poor old Job going through a hard time. Well, all right, finish the rest of the chapter 42 where you get the double for your trouble. This is the kind of mindset you have to have right now. This is not a time to be defeated and discouraged. This isn't a time for you to let go of your faith and your courage in God. This is a time to stand up straight, open up your mouth, declare the word of God, take what he said you can have. Instead of letting the devil get away with this, you begin to press back and push back with the word of God in your heart and the word of God on your mouth. I know how this works and I know how the enemy is operating right now. The devil is looking to absolutely undermine the credibility of what God is declaring in these days. Just a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, I was talking about the miracle capital of the world. Can you put yourself in agreement with me on that, church? And I was talking about the miracle capital of the world and talking about how God is releasing a special anointing on this place to do the miraculous. And I made this statement. I said, some of you sitting here today are going to see outstanding miracles in your life. Fifteen minutes later, David Gossam lay dead over near this bay, and he was actually DEAD. Everybody in the health professions that were here that day, they could tell you. They had to shock him repeatedly. They did, you know, uh, resuscitation efforts nonstop. But I can tell you this, the church was praying and believing God. God gave Ruth, for example, a, a word of knowledge. This, you know, this will not end in death. And she got bold in her prayer that day. Other people were praying in the Holy Ghost. Other people were binding. Other people were loosing. Other people were, you know, you know, quoting scriptures at the top of their lungs. As a group, as a ministry, as a people, we pressed in and said, you know what? We're just going to take that life back in Jesus' name. And what happened? 30 minutes later, he was up. Uh, he, was, he was talking in the emergency room, and he was completely sound of mind. And we believe that God's not done with him yet. Hallelujah. 
that a great healing ministry is coming through him. So at that very moment, I talk about the miracle capital of the world. The devil would try to undermine and push back directly in God's face. You need to push back and say, you know what? I'm going to go with God. You know what I believe? God did it once. He can do it again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is alive and he is moving, and he is victorious, and he is more than a conqueror in your situation. You partner with him, agree with him. You speak your faith, and you obey what he tells you to do, but you also take what God said you can have. You know, if you were here that night, you know that there was great power released in the prayer of agreement. You know that in the natural and medically, everybody did what they could possibly do. But we know that all the praise and the honor and the glory goes to the one that did it. He's the one that healed the ten lepers that day. And he's the one that wants to bring you to a place of healing. Not just the disease, but all of its consequences. That's your God today. And then number four, faith praises. We've got to believe enough to express our gratitude. Ten got healed. One came back to thank the Lord. And the, the Greek indicates that he just, he just threw himself down at the feet of Jesus and thanked him repeatedly. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Messiah. Thank you for what you have done. What happened was, Jesus said, weren't all healed? Where are the other nine? Has this one come back to give God thanks, uh, the Samaritan? And what he did is he told him this, this very simple phrase. He said, your faith has made you whole, sound, all the things we just talked about happening, all the things we talked about that are associated with the disease, consequences of the disease, all those things were reversed in his life that day. He had restoration of time and restoration of peace and joy. He had restoration of health and life and money and relationships and purpose. Let me tell you a little secret about the things of God. The more you praise, the more you're going to receive. Keep praising him. Praise him for what he has done, and he'll turn around and do something else. Praise him for that, and he'll turn around and do something else. The moral of this story is there's always more, so keep praising God. Confess this with me today. Faith speaks, and faith obeys, and faith takes, and faith praises. In fact, you should do that right now. Just praise him right now. Give him thanks. Give him honor. Father, we bless your holy name. We give you glory. You are the healer of the disease, but you're also the restorer of every consequence that disease brought to us. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. We fully, fully expect to see you restore everything that the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy. With your abundant life, we praise you for it and we receive it right now. We, faith, with our faith we speak and we obey and we take it and we praise you today. We honor you today for it in Jesus' name. Church, be expecting of the glory. Be expecting of the power of God. I was just uh, meditating on uh, this message and on this service because, you know, uh, we still want you to be ministered to at the highest level. We want you to have the uncompromised word of God. We want you to have the prophetic word of God. We want you to experience wherever you are as best we can, God touching your heart and ministering to you. And he gave me a prophetic word today. I believe it's for this ministry. I believe it's for his people. I believe it's for you today. And it's just a very simple phrase. It doesn't always happen with me like this. 
But he said this, Jesus is on a healing spree, the likes of which we have never seen before. Jesus is on a healing spree, the likes of which we've never seen before. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is on a healing spree, the likes of which we have never seen before. I receive that in Jesus' name. Well, what's a spree? It's a sustained period of unrestrained activity of a particular kind. In this case of healing and restoration of everything that has been stolen and broken because of that disease. He's moving powerfully in your life today. This is what I sense. Entire families are going to be healed on this spree. Entire churches are going to be healed in this spree. Entire groups are going to be healed in this spree. Entire communities are going to be healed in this spree. Entire rooms are going to be healed in this spree. You take, a, you take a, that word to heart right now in your room. Entire rooms are going to be healed in this spree. Right. Entire nations are going to be healed in this spree. Because he's on a spree of healing, hallelujah. The likes of which we've never seen before.